Hi, welcome back. We are talking about a couple things today. We're going to talk about midnights. We're going to talk about queer baiting. And we're going to talk about whether or not it's time for me to, you know, retire as a Swifty. But th- there's a lot has happened. So let me just just sit back and relax and let me fill you in on what's been happening. Um, okay, first things first. I know that the people are dying to know what I think of Midnight's, and I'm right there with you. I'm dying to know what I think, too. Um, so I have to admit, I the day that the album came out, I wasn't going to wake up at 5 a.m. I know I, like, made jokes about it, like, oh, no, like, I'm not going to do it, guys. Um, and everyone probably thought I was going to do it, but then my body woke up naturally, at the hour of like 5:40 a.m. and I was like whatever I'm up this is a sign I have to go listen to it. Um <laughs> oh, when I tell you I um okay, no offense to anyone. Like I I'll tell you what I think now, but like at 5:40 a.m. on October 21st when I listened to Midnight's for the first time, um oh my god, guys, I thought it was bad. And, like, I I want people to be nice. Like, please be nice to me. Please, please be, you know, please have mercy. Um, It has since grown on me. It has definitely since grown on me. But my overall consensus about this album is that it's not my favorite. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Like, I'm not just, like, pulling this out of nowhere. And, and, you know, like, I have have reasons. I have my explanations. Um, What I will say, though, is, like, there are definitely songs that... I really like. There's songs that I like. I love is like a strong word. There's no song that has like immediately stood out. Like I love this song. Like there's songs that I really like. There's songs that I enjoy. There's songs that I'm like pretty indifferent to. And then there are songs that I I just think are bad. Like I don't. I'm not a fan of them. I don't like them. Um, so you know we're gonna get in. We're gonna go get into the tier list of songs on midnights. Um, but. I think for me, like, I don't think this is an an uncommon sentiment. And I think every time that um, Taylor releases something new, there's always going to be Swifties who will not have a single criticism of it. Like, there are always going to be Swifties who will, like, never criticize anything that Taylor puts out. And I, I, like, I get that. That's totally fair. Um, That's not me. And I think that this was probably one of the first albums in years that she's released um, that I haven't been, like, completely obsessed with on first listen. Um, Except for Reputation. I had very strong feelings about Reputation. I really didn't like it when it first came out. And now I'm, like, the biggest Reputation stand that has ever graced this earth. So, you know, like, I'll I'll give Midnight some time. I'll let it age. Like, I think it's unfair for me to, like, right now be like, I, I don't like it because who knows, like, maybe in... (laughs) maybe like three years from now i'll be like karma is my boyfriend and i'll like it right (laughs) right now it doesn't really seem to be going that way but i i think the reason why this was such a letdown was because i had hyped it like i have hyped up her latest releases so much um like after reputation we had lover which like i love lover i love everything about lover it's like in my top three everyone knows that Um, we obviously had Folklore and Evermore, both of which were so mind-blowingly in a league of their own, and 
I still think they're like both two of the greatest albums of all time and nothing like will ever come close to them. Nothing will ever touch them. They're so good. And then um, we had the re-records, both of which were phenomenal. We had great from the vault tracks. We got all too well 10 minute version, which is also in a league of its own. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Um, and then like, I thought we were going to get 1989 record re-recorded, but instead we got midnights um and i don't really think i have to like make a strong case for this i think like universally people will agree that it is just not on the same level as um like her past four or five releases um which is okay uh it's and the thing is like it's it's not it's not different it's kind of a return to um, it's kind of like 1989 Reputation Fusion, but a little more subdued. So it's not really something new. It's kind of a return. Um, but at the same time, I think the big consensus is that there are no big hits, like straight out of the gate. Um, there are no, like, there's kind of Antihero, I guess, which is like kind of the lead single, but um, anyway, I'll just talk about the track list, tell you the songs that I like, the songs that I don't like. Okay, so I think that, like, so I have a very distinct S tier of Taylor Swift songs that I think, like, I would literally, like, I would literally die for these songs. Um, this is, like, your, this is, like, your All Too Well 10-minute version, Seven, Ivy, Holy Ground, August, um, King of My Heart, Dress, um, you know, like whatever, I could go on and on and name all, all, all these songs that I think are in the S tier. I don't think Midnight's for me hasn't, has a song that's in the S tier, in my S tier. Um, my favorite tracks off the album are Maroon and Question, but I think I would probably put them in like the A tier. Like they're, they're good and I really like them, but they're not like, do you know what I mean? Like there was no song that I heard for the first time on this album and was like, okay, this is the one I would die for this. Um, so I really like Maroon and I was really proud of this, um, because, um, when I first listened to Maroon, I, was like, I swear to God, this sounds familiar. Like, this sounds like a song that she's already put out. And maybe it's the beats, maybe it's the melody, like, maybe it's just the rhythm of the song. And then it clicked for me, and I realized that Maroon has the same track, the same, like, instrumental track, as King of My Heart. And, like, if you're a Swifty, you should go back and listen to Maroon, followed by King of My Heart, because the, um, you know, like, the drum beat, like, the doon doon anyways just go listen to it um that drum beat is like the exact same instrument it's the exact same instrumental from king of my heart the part of king of my heart like from the pre-chorus onwards as it is for the entirety of maroon and they kind of have like similar rhythms and i think they're in the same key like i'm not a music someone with more of a music background should double check that um but yeah no i i like maroon it's it's probably my favorite on the album right now um in addition to question, which also might be my favorite, I don't know. I've two. I can't decide between the two right now. Um, question is a little bit controversial, and I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I don't really get the song question. My girlfriend hates the song question. She hates it. 
I like it because, and like I, I, I don't think it's like that good, but I personally would argue that it's about Carly Kloss, and it's specifically about the night that Taylor and Carly kissed at that 1975 concert. There's like this super blurry photo on the internet circling.、Um, Of them at a 1975 concert back in like you know their like Carly Taylor heyday, and it's like very blurry and grainy and like super super zoomed in. Like you can tell that someone was like really sniping. That is the loudest siren. Okay. Anyways, it's a super blurry picture. But you can like very clearly tell that they're like like they like Carly's like holding Taylor's face and they're like very clearly kissing. They're very clearly making out.、Um, so I think question is about that night specifically. It literally has it. First of all, the whole thing is she/her pronouns from start to finish.、Um, the course is literally like. Did you leave her house in the middle of the night? Did you wish you'd put up more of a fight when she said it was too much? Do you wish you could still touch her? It's just a question. And I know that Taylor's gonna come out. I mean, more on this later. But I know that Taylor's gonna release a public statement and be like, "Well, I thought it would be fun to write question from the perspective of a man," which it's not. It's literally about Carly. But whatever, I'll talk about that more later. But I I like it because the lyrics, which are a little bit. Cringy and awkward and clunky make a lot more sense if you understand the context behind the song. And I don't know. I like the beat. I like the rhythm. I like the cheekiness of when she's like clearly still yearning for this girl, but is like, "Do you wish you still could touch her?" It's just a question, you know. It's kind of cheeky in that way. And、um, I think it's cool because I think it samples "Out of the Woods." Like at the beginning of the song, there's like the "I Remember," which is from "Out of the Woods," which is cool.、Um, but yeah, those are the two songs on the album that I'm a fan of. And then there's like a bunch of songs that I like. I like them decently.、Um, "Antihero," for example, is catchy and good. It's been stuck in my head for like. You know the past four days or whatever. I also like、um, "You're on Your Own, Kid," especially the second half when the when the、um, bridge when the bridge kicks in. I think it's pretty good, and it's a good track five. It's well done. I like "Labyrinth," especially the ending of that too. I think it's pretty. I also like "Mastermind," which apparently samples "Supercut" by Lord,、um, which totally makes sense because Jack Antonoff. And I honestly like all of the three AM tracks. I like the three AM tracks a lot. They're they're very like folklorian in my opinion.、Um, they're kind of like Jack Antonoffized folklorian a little bit. The Great War is great. Bigger than the whole sky. Paris. Paris kind of reminds me of like the red from the Vault tracks, like message of message in a bottle, and like the very first night vibes. Um, I like High Infidelity. I really want to know where she was on the night of April twenty ninth.、Um, I like Glitch too.、Um, I also really like Would Have Could Have Should Have. The bridge of that song is really good, and same with Dear Reader. I think Would Have Would Have Could Have Should Have and Dear Reader have like 
chef's kiss phenomenal bridges and then i'm kind of like indifferent on midnight rain and sweet nothing um like i could like them if i wanted to like i don't know they're kind of like mid for me um and then there are songs on the i guess snow on the beach too i'm kind of mid on snow on the beach lana were you silent or were you silenced um i think snow on the beach like the only thing that throws me off about the song is the chorus where she's like snow on the beach weird but fucking beautiful and it doesn't sound right coming from taylor and i almost think that if she had lana sing the chorus part it would sound loads better and for the songs that i don't like first of all i really really don't like lavender haze and like it not just for the actual song itself but also for the meaning behind it um i just like I can't, (laughs) I can't, like, when I, (laughs) imagine, like, me at 5.40 a.m., like, expecting to hear, I don't know, freaking, like, The One or Cardigan or, like, Willow, and, like, I just turn on Midnight's, and it's, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, meet me at Midnight's, oh, oh, dun-dun-dun-dun, meet me at Midnight's, oh, oh. The stupid, like, get it off my chest, get it off my desk. I know Twitter, like, is raving about that line. I can't do it. I don't like it. So bad. Such a disappointment. (laughs) Vigilante shit. Also, so bad. So, like, I'm sorry. This is a bad song. Draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man. The, The whole, I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. Don't be sad, get even, or whatever. Like, literally, whatever the chorus is, it's, like, painful. Like, listening to it for the first time and listening to it after that, it is painful to hear. Also, I feel like this is going to be controversial. Uh, I don't like Bejeweled either. Um, And I think... (laughs) I don't know. I've heard heard people like the song. I think something about the chorus, like, throws me off. I really like the synths at the beginning, And the whole, like, baby love, I think I've been a good girl. I like that part. But then the chorus is, like, choppy. And the whole, like, nice in the middle is giving me um, gorgeous vibes. And I don't, I'm not, like, a big fan of gorgeous either. But I think that's why I don't like it. And uh, this is also, I guess, going to be controversial. But I don't like karma. And I know that people do. But... I just, like, cannot in good conscience listen. I When I heard Karma for the first time and I heard the chorus, I literally, out loud, I was like, no. Just alone in my room in the dark. I was like, no. 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 Absolutely not. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is a cat purring in my lap. Karma is an acrobat. Karma and I vibe like that. Anyway, I should need to back myself up on that. I think it's poorly done. But, like, my first time listening to the album, I was like, jesus christ like this is (laughs) this is not a good album um but no since then it actually has grown on me like for example anti-hero has grown on me loads lots of the songs have grown on me but i think like the reason why i've been a swifty my whole life is because i i like taylor's music i do i think she makes good music because she has great lyrics she's great songwriter and then she also like you know i think 70 percent of the time has like these great catchy melodies that get stuck in your head obviously she's a pop 
singer, pop star. And then she tends to have great instrumentals and production as well. Like, I love a Taylor Swift string instruments moment. She always pulls out the violins at least once on the album. I love a saxophone moment, like False God, hello. Um, I love her, like, synths on 1989. Every time she does, like, a subtle, like, beat drop it's always really good um the piano on like exile evermore champagne problems new year's day it's just a really good job of like production and instrumentals and like i just feel like we you know didn't really see any of that this time around um and we didn't see like melodies that were all that catchy either i think i'm just like i think for me like even though i I, like i really appreciate a good lyric when i'm listening to music at the end of the day i will always choose a melody that I like over lyrics. We have to talk about the elephant in the room now, which is the fact that over the past decade, Taylor has turned from someone who people thought was dating her best friend into one of the biggest queer baiters of our generation. (laughs) And, um... I don't know if it's because I was on white lesbian TikTok the entire time, but I just, like, for some reason, during the Midnight's promotional cycle, like, the the lead-up to it, and the Midnight's Mayhem with me, I just, like, feel like her queer baiting has reached a whole new level. Like, it is... Anyway, let's talk about it. Um, So, first of all, I will always be in the camp of people who think that Taylor is queer. Um... I think that there's, like, overwhelming evidence to support it, both just looking at her life, um, listening to her music, reading her lyrics. Like, if you look at all the evidence that there is and then are like, I think she's straight, like, that's, you're dumb, you know? Also, like, there's a whole cohort of people on TikTok, I guess, who think that Joe Alwyn is a beard. Like, they think that the relationship is a facade but like for people who don't know what what a beard is um it's when like a gay person has like a straight partner um people like think that her relationship with joe alvin with joe alwyn is a front and i don't think that i think that she is like very much so in love with joe i think they've been in a relationship for years now she was definitely also in love with carly Kloss, for example um like, if you just look at the trajectory of her quote-unquote, like, friendship with Carly Kloss, there is not a shred of doubt in my mind that there was something going on, um, that they were more than friends. First of all, obviously the aforementioned picture of them literally kissing at a concert, like, literally kissing, um, but also just so many of her songs are unequivocally about Carly, like, unequivocally. Um, also just look no further than the fact that they, they didn't have, like, a normal friendship trajectory. They were, like, tweeting at each other, like, oh, like, should we bake cookies together? And then all of a sudden they were going on road trips together. They went to Big Sur together, which is the most romantic destination ever, period. They were, like, writing Taylor Hart Carly in the sand, like, the third time they were hanging out. Like, that is not the behavior of two people who just became friends and are just hanging out um they started 
Carly started staying at Taylor's house, like, full-time, basically. There are all these videos of them, of Taylor performing at the Victoria's Secret fashion show, and of them walking out together, and just, like, the staring and the yearning is, like, like, for personal reasons, I'm gonna need everyone to Google Taylor Swift Victoria fashion show style performance, and watch the part where she walks out with Carly where they're holding hands and then she like looks back at her like tell me they're not fucking like they literally were um and then look no further than the fact that they literally had a breakup like they were best friends and then they had a breakup when Carly got married they stopped talking like they went radio silent on each other and people are like it's because like Carly became friends with Scooter Braun like no it's because she and Taylor broke up um Carly got married and Taylor didn't go to the wedding. If this was her quote-unquote best friend and they were nothing but friends, Taylor's literally a bioterrorist. She'll she'll fly her private jet anywhere. She would have found a way to go to that wedding. Um, there's, like, there's literally so much evidence for the fact that they were together. Anyway, <laughs> I strongly believe this is like not me this is like another unhinged not even unhinged this is like a perfectly reasonable tiktok theory um but when she released lover when she released the you need to calm down music video she was going to come out as bi first of all the fact that she got every single mainstream commercialized prominent um queer celebrity to go and appear in that video like do you think that they all would have agreed to do that unless she said it was going to be, like, her coming out? Um, there was this, like, rainbow pride dress that Billy Porter wore to Pride the summer that Lover came out, and the designer of the dress basically confirmed that the dress was originally meant for Taylor Swift. And people think that she didn't um, come out after You Need to Calm Down because... Um, like pretty much like the, the, the week that she was supposed to allegedly come out publicly, um, that was the same week that Scooter Braun like sold her masters or whatever. And so people think that like she decided not to do it because of that. Um, I don't know. I personally think the theory's really rock solid. I don't think that celebrities like have to come out. Like, I don't think that anyone has to come out. I, I don't think that anyone has to like publicly declare their sexuality, um, I take issue with the fact that she actively writes queer songs. She uses explicitly queer imagery. She uses she, her pronouns. She'll like literally, she'll literally write songs with like historically significant lesbian um, terminology and symbolism. And um, she'll like release the, you need to calm down music video. She knows all the rumors. She knows all the speculations she knows that people think she's queer. She knows that she profits off of the queer community. And time and time again, she, like, finds a way to do something kind of shitty to her queer fans. Something that has always rubbed me the wrong way is the fact that she will release public statements about her songs that can be interpreted as queer. And she'll be like, oh, this song was written from a perspective of a man. Or, like, this is a song about a man. You know, like, she'll find a way to, like, declare that they are quote-unquote straight songs. And a really good example of this is the whole folklore love triangle 
where she named the characters Betty and James in, like, August or whatever. And uh, she, like, came out and said that, like, Betty and August were women. And then everyone was, like, wondering, like, because she, she named the characters, allegedly, after Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds's children. Um, and Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds have a daughter named James, therefore implying that James in the folklore love triangle um, was either definitely a girl or was at least a gender neutral name. But Taylor literally like <laughs> went on Apple Music and had this interview and was like, oh, for Betty, I just I thought it'd be really fun to write a song from the perspective of a teenage boy. And I'm like, why did you have to do that? Like, this was not even autobiographical. This was a fictional story. Could you not have written a fictional story about a lesbian love triangle? Or at least just have left it up to interpretation. Like, could you have not just said this is a story about three teenagers? Gender neutral. These are fictional people. Like, why are you like, James is a boy? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And part of the reason folklore meant so much to me when i first heard it was because i was like oh my god there's like no pronouns in this love triangle this is this could literally be like about three women i thought it was so cool and i thought it was so cool that she specifically used james and betty and james like naming james or like referencing that james could be a girl's name or at least a gender neutral name i mean personally if you left it up to me I personally think that James is Taylor and Betty is Carly Kloss because um, nothing that this woman ever does is a coincidence and um, James references James Taylor and Taylor was named after James Taylor and Betty is a nickname for Elizabeth and Carly's full name is Carly elizabeth Kloss. so i don't i don't think that that's a coincidence at all and i think i think she found it convenient that those names aligned with like blake lively and ryan reynolds kids so she kind of like did that um <laughs> but anyways it's just my opinion she also totally did this with reputation where um well first of all reputation's about like falling in love with someone in secret or in private which obviously is a reference to how she was dating joe and her relationship wasn't public and she like fell in love with him while she was in hiding and wasn't in the public eye but it's also like queer because you know who else has to like hide their relationship sometimes or can't openly be in love gay people <laughs> um I will also, like, die on the hill that, like, half these songs that she allegedly wrote about Joe are also about Carly. Um, like, Dress, Dancing With Our Hands Tied, So It Goes. There's there's literally a line in So It Goes where she says, wear you like a necklace. And, I mean, I'm not going to say it on here. If you're really curious, I guess you can, like, look it up yourself. But you can also critically think about what where you'd like a necklace might mean in a lesbian context. Um, so I'll leave that up to the viewer's interpretation. But like, it gave me the ick that Taylor would constantly publicly reiterate the fact that these songs were about her and Joe. Like, she was falling in love with someone in private. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, 
that's fine like you can keep your relationship private but like it's kind of cool that people interpret these songs in a queer way like it's 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 cool that you you've like written music that resonates with like a wide range of people like can you not like my problem is that she can never just like leave her music up for queer interpretation she always has she always has to like publicly make some whack statement about how she like really likes writing from the perspective of a man like (laughs) so okay we have to talk about lavender haze um we have to talk about why this song pisses me off so much so um swifties will know that she was she was doing her like little midnight's mayhem with me series on tiktok which is where for like a solid month or so before midnight's was released she would make a tiktok and she would like randomly choose a track number like track track four for example and then she would read out what the track was called so that was how she rolled out her track list basically And after she would announce some of the song titles, she would release an Instagram reel where she sat down and explained the context behind the song and what it was about. And she did this for Lavender Haze. And she basically made this reel about how she encountered this phrase on Mad Men. And she looked into it and it was like 1950s slang for being super in love with someone. And then she like, wrote this song about how she's super in love with joe and um like literally the chorus of lavender haze is like the 1950s shit they want from me like she she looked into the meaning behind this quote unquote slang from the 1950s and then released a public explanation about it do you see where this is going so anyways let me let me tell you what what lavender haze means well let me tell you specifically about the significance of the color lavender specifically as it pertains to the 1950s or just like the mid 20th century in general um big surprise lavender is actually like a historically significant lesbian color um in like the mid 20th century um people would kind of refer to gay people but also specifically lesbians um using the phrase the lavender scare like almost similar to the red scare um they'd be like it's the lavender scare and betty frieden the the lady who we all learn about in u.s history because she wrote that book the feminine mystique she gave this speech where she called lesbians the lavender menace and she was like they're the lavender menace they don't support the traditional family structure they're making it hard for um straight feminists to earn their rights and um lesbians especially in the 1970s took the color lavender and they kind of made it into a symbol of resistance and they would like wear shirt they would like um go out and protest and have signs that said lavender menace and wear lavender and it became a really significant color to the lesbian community. And in terms of signaling to this day, like signaling, signaling is basically like how gay people can like on the DL, you know, signal, <laughs> as the word suggests, that they're gay without like straight people knowing. Um, 
in terms of signaling in the lesbian community, to this day, lavender is like still a color that people will use. Um, like there's the lesbian flag, like the pink, orange, white, whatever, and there's lavender. I don't know what the term lavender haze is, but I know that it's just like a phrase that appeared in one episode of Mad Men, and it is like not something like it was not common slang, that's for sure. Like it was not something that everyone was saying back in the 1950s. It was a phrase that appeared in one episode of Mad Men. And now that Taylor Swift has released a song called Lavender Haze, you just know that there are going to be homophobic southern srat girls posting on Instagram with their homophobic southern srat boyfriends and they're going to caption it like lavender haze like lavender um <laughs> it's like literally lesbian erasure is what it is because because it's like you're taking a color or like a term that has like historical significance to the lesbian community you are profiting off of it because you're writing a song about it she also is releasing like a vinyl edition that's lavender so she's like profiting off of it and then she is giving it away to the general public um and in particular to her to her like to her fans who a a lot of whom are like actively pretty homophobic um she's like giving it away to them So, like, now when you see a girl being, like, lavender, like, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, it loses its meaning. And I'm not saying that, like, lesbians have to gatekeep the color lavender. Like, I'm not not saying that people aren't allowed to use the color lavender. That's, like, not what I'm saying at all. I think it's problematic because Taylor and her team, like, definitely researched this phrase. Like, let's say she did see it in an episode of Mad Men. They definitely researched it specifically with regard to its prevalence and how it was used in the 20th century and there is absolutely no way that they didn't come across the significance of the color lavender in the lesbian community taylor like knows what she's doing like i will never like i will always be in the camp of people who think that taylor knows exactly what she's doing she feeds into rumors about her queerness and then she like denies the fact that she's queer she knows exactly how to target her queer audience and she knows exactly how to target her straight audience she she's literally built her entire career off of knowing exactly who her audience is and exactly what her audience wants and exactly what they expect from her and she gives it to them and she knows exactly what discourses are taking place about her um on every single social media platform on the internet like she knows these rumors she knows these things she actively chooses to profit off of the queer community she knows how to get them excited for her next project she knows how to just give them enough without having to be you know a part of that community without having to be actively associated with them and then she does things like like put out a song called lavender haze and release a lavender vinyl edition and like actively erase the historic significance that certain terms have to the community i just like i got so angry i remember seeing the like shitty like reel that she made with her whole madman explanation for like the meaning behind the song and i remember being like literally so pissed off 
like literally in that moment just being like i literally think it's time to give up my swifty card like i think i think it's time for me to retire i just like again like you don't owe anyone an explanation of your sexuality right and like if you if you don't want to come out that's totally fine but you cannot pull stunts like this in the same breath as you play ally of the year it just like does not work that way um yeah i mean like obviously taylor is the pinnacle of white feminism like this is nothing new we've literally known this for ages like the second that something doesn't affect her she goes radio silent and yeah like i've known this my whole life it's like a it's always been like a separate the artist from the art type of thing um but this like for some reason i don't know like just something about this promotional cycle like maybe it's just because i'm older now um or maybe it's because this album like just (laughs) frankly wasn't good enough to justify her problematic behavior but i i don't know i think i've like gone through my whole life being that girl who people like know as a swifty or whatever and like i don't know kind of ready to give that up you guys if you see me (laughs) if you see me and think of me as a swifty no you didn't if you if you knew me during my deep swifty phase no you didn't um and no, like in all seriousness, I think I think also a big part of it is the fact that like I'm 21 years old now and this is the first time in my life where I've been able to see like real representation of who I am in pop culture and music and TV and movies and media and um I've never had that before in my life. Like growing up I liked Taylor's music, that's all it was. It wasn't that deep. Um now I I can listen to music from artists who are openly gay, artists who are openly lesbian, and I like their music just as much. There's more there's more variety now. Um same thing with like East Asian artists, specifically like East Asian women who make music. Um there are so many people now whose music is mainstream enough that I would come across it on my Discover Weekly or I'd be or they're like selling out world tours and I can go and see them I can go and see their shows I've never been able to do this before like I now have a wide range of music that I can choose from I can I can listen to artists who look like me that I genuinely like um because I vibe with their music and not just because like I'm like desperate to see myself represented like does that make sense like I think like this is this is the only point in my life where I've seen true representation where I've been able to select from a lineup of artists who, you know, represent me and I get to select what I like. So yeah, part of me is like why am I like why am I like <laughs> why am I still going to actively support listen to Taylor Swift if there are openly gay artists who I can listen to if they are if there are um like Asian artists who I can listen to if there are openly gay Asian artists who I can listen to do you see what I mean like this is the first time in my life that I've been able to do that and so now I think that like there's less of a reason to be supporting artists who don't represent me and do weird shit frankly um by the way I like saw Rina Sawayama on the same day like I went to the Rina Sawayama concert on the same day as the Midnight's release and like it was like the best show I've ever been to 
like I will literally never be the same I'm going to see her again tomorrow night and like I am so fucking excited she's so good she's literally everything besides that um I'm doing pretty well I know I didn't talk about like how I'm doing I'm doing well um kind of still hanging in there I'm gonna talk about this in my next episode but um yeah having a good time um (laughs) rethinking my status as a swifty um but yeah thanks for listening thanks for being here um hearing about my irrelevant and consequential pop culture opinions i hope you have a wonderful day i love you and i'll see you in the next one bye